0: Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message.
1: Well, welcome again to this morning's service, and um, we are taking we are starting a new series with uh, in, the, in the in the here. And the series, like I told, like told you about, is a series about the study in the study of the fruit of the Spirit. Now, before we go into the main study this morning, I just wanted to give us a kind of a background. For those of us who are familiar with the Old Testament story, there is a story in the book of Second Kings. The book of Second Kings in the Old Testament. In Second Kings chapter 2, the Bible tells of a story of Elijah. Elijah was about to be taken to heaven. And Elijah had an assistant. His name is Elisha. Elijah kept telling Elisha that I'm about to be taken away. I want you to stay here. When the first of all got to Bethel, he told him to stop. Elisha said, no, I'll keep going with you. They got to Jordan. He said, stop. Elisha said, I'll continue to go with you. He got to Gilgal. Elijah, Elijah said, stop. He said, no, I keep going with you. So Elisha went on going and going. And as the time drew near for Elijah, for uh, drew near, Elijah told Elisha, wait in several places. But Elisha refused, insisting that he will follow Elisha to the very end. And when the time for Elisha's transition came, Elijah said to Elisha, ask whatever you want. Ask me whatever you want before I am taken away from you. And Elisha asked one of the most unusual requests, and that request was that I want a double portion of your power. I've been with you for a very long time. I've seen the things that you have done, I've seen the miracles that you have performed. I want a double portion of your power. In response, Elijah said, (laughs) Elijah said to Elisha, What you have asked is a very difficult thing. So you have asked a hard thing. He said, However, if you Elisha can see me when I am taken away. Then you can have your requests. In other words, if you can see me when God makes the transition, if you can see me when God takes me away from this earth, then you will have what you want. And the Bible records that Elijah, Elisha saw Elijah when he was being taken away from the earth. And the Bible records that he got what he wanted. Now, this morning, my focus is not on the primary; is not primarily on the double portion that Elisha received. That's not what I'm looking at this morning. But what we are looking at is the lamentation of Elijah okay When he responded to the request of Elisha. Second Kings chapter 2, reading from verse number nine, the Bible said it came to pass, when they were gone over Jordan, when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, ask what, ask what I shall do for thee before I ta- before I be taken away from thee And Elijah said, I, I pray thee, let a double portion of your spirit fall upon me And he said verse number 10 thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I'm taken from thee, it shall be unto thee. It shall be unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. Now, I want you to look at verse number 10. 2 Kings chapter 2. I want you to look at verse number 10 very closely. Elijah said, thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be unto thee. But if you don't see me, that it shall not be so. There are two questions there. Two things I want to draw attention to. Why is Elisha's request a very hard request? Why was it difficult? Elisha said, I want a double portion of your anointing upon my life. Elijah said, it's a very difficult request. He said, why is it very difficult? That's the first question. The second question is that, why is the double portion, the answer to Elisha's request, why was it conditioned on the fact that Elisha must see Elijah if he's going to get the double portion? Why? It's either you give it to me or you don't give me. Why do I have to see you where you are going for me to get the double portion? Why? Those are the two major questions that I want to. Talk. I'm using as a kind of a, a background for the study that we are going to go into for the whole of this month. Elisha's request is difficult for a number of reasons. Number one, Elisha is asking Elijah to do the impossible give me a double portion of your spirit it is not in the power of elijah to give anybody a double portion it doesn't belong to him the double portion is from god so elisha is asking elisha is asking elijah for a very easy you know, to do the impossible number 2 the request is difficult because elijah is asking elisha to grant you know, to grant him only what god can grant it's only God that can give you the double portion. No man can give you a double portion. Okay. If you go to a service and they lay hands upon your lay head, lay hands upon your head to ask you to receive a double portion, your head will end up like my own. Because there will be no head there. But you may not get the double portion. The double portion does not come by from any man, it comes from God. Elijah understood that. That Elijah is asking for what God only God can grant. Elijah is a Elijah is asking Elijah to give him only what God can give him. And Elijah is asking Elijah to do only what God can do. That was why it's a very difficult request. And if we want to bring it to today's show, you might think that there are some things that we're asking for that are very, very difficult. But if you go to the next thing, God is the giver of all power. Not man. God gives all the power. Spiritual power is a function of God releasing his power on whosoever he chooses. If he chooses to release it upon you, it is his prerogative. It is his power. He can give it to whoever he wants to give you. It's just like my wife promising to give you a hundred dollars out of my money without telling me. It's not your money. It's my money. I'm the one who is supposed to give it. Okay? She cannot promise you money from the money from my own account when she has not discussed with me. The same thing, Elijah cannot give Elijah the power that does not belong to him. It belongs to somebody else. That's why it's very difficult. Okay? However, you will notice in that verse number 10. Elijah now predicated that particular... He said, however, if you are able to see me, if you are able to see me when I'm being taken away, that which appears impossible becomes possible. In other words, you are asking for healing. You are asking for deliverance. You are asking for provision, You are asking for promotion. It might appear impossible. However... If you are able to see me when I'm living, if you are able to focus on God, if your attention is not distracted, if you are able to concentrate on the giver of the power, then you can receive it, even if it's when it's difficult, even when it is impossible, even when everybody says that you cannot have it. But if you are able to focus on the one who is able to give, who is able to deliver, who is the creator and the giver of all things, the source of all things, if you are able to focus on that person, then you can get that thing which appears impossible. That's basically what Elijah is saying. Okay? That's basically what Elijah said. So, the second thing to notice is that Elijah predicated the receiving of the power upon Elijah's, Elijah's ability to see him. The question is why? Elijah understood one thing. Elijah understood one thing. It is very, very difficult for people to focus on the giver of life. Very difficult. Just ask a child or two to sit down here and ask and put something in say, Just look at this thing. In less than 30 seconds, they start fidgeting. The attention starts going differently. The same thing happens to an individual. And that is why nobody... I remember when I was when we first became born again, we can see our, our, our pastors there We give us a sermon of almost an hour, 30 minutes. Nobody can sit through an hour. Nobody can even sit through 20 minutes in the service anymore. They can't see The Bible tells us when when Paul was preaching, he said he preached all night. That there was a guy who was sitting on the ledge. The guy fell asleep. The guy fell down from a second story building and died. It, 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 Paul the apostle was still preaching. And by the time they said the guy died, okay, it's okay, come on, wake up. The guy woke up and he continued preaching. That is to tell you that you know it is very difficult. It is very difficult for people to concentrate. And that was why Elijah said to Elisha, he said, if you want to receive this double portion, if you want to receive this double portion, you have to see me. You have to see me when I am being taken away from you. In other words, you have to focus your attention on me. You have to be able to focus your attention. You have to make, You have to make sure that you are not distracted if you want to receive the power of God. If you want to receive that double portion. So Elijah knew it was difficult for people to stay focused. Elijah knew it was difficult for people to abide in the presence of the Almighty God. If we want to do a concert, a praise concert, if we spend three hours with a praise concert with all those nice people, all those nice musicians, and they come and they do their thing, nobody will be bored. If we call a prayer meeting, and we say we're going to do it for just one hour, 30 minutes, after thirty minutes, they say, oh God bless you, I will not thank you. <laughs> That's what gonna that is what you are going to see. In less than thirty minutes, people start yawning. because it is difficult to abide in the presence of the Almighty God. It's just the human nature. It's difficult. And Elijah is telling Elijah, he's saying, if you want this power so much, if you want to be able to receive this double portion that you are so eager to receive, he said, then you must see me. You must abide in my prayer, in the presence of the Almighty God. You must be able to see. Because Elijah knew it is difficult to stay focused. It is difficult to abide in the midst of distraction. There are several distractions around us. Look at the students who go to school. You have an exam, you have a lot of things going. There are several things going on that is calling your attention different ways. And Elijah is saying, if you are interested in double portion, you must be able to stay focused. That is why Elijah said that you have to see me if you know you, you have to see me go if you want to receive it. It is wanting to want something. It's another thing for you to do what you have to do to be able to get it. It is one thing for you to say, I want the double portion. It's another thing for you to stay focused on the giver of the double portion. It is one thing to say, I need health. It's another thing for you to now focus on the giver of health. It is one thing to say, I need promotion. It's another thing for you to focus on the giver of the promotion. It is one thing to say, I want God. It's another thing to abide in the presence of the almighty God. You remember the psalmist said that he that dwells in the sacred place of the Almighty God shall abide in the presence of the Almighty God. It is when you abide in His presence that's what happened. That is when you receive from Him. I don't know many of you, but when, when we're growing up in the in the evenings, we have uh, you know there's a, there's a program even on TV that they 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 call it Tales by Moonlight. Where you actually sit down and an elder in the brain will tell you stories, give you folklore, tell you all those wonderful things that have gone. They don't do that anymore. Nobody has time for that. But it, the longer you spend in the presence of the elders, the more stories you hear about what has happened in the past. The more of their wisdom you are exposed to. The more of their understanding, the more of their grace you get exposed to. And the more exposure you get to those people, the wiser you become. Okay? So, what you find is that the more you spend, the more you focus on the Almighty God, the more you will begin to see, receive the things that God has in store for you. So Elijah knew. And that is why he said, If you have to, if you see me, you have to, you know, for you to receive the double portion, you have to see me, you know, you have to see me when I'm taken away. There is a central truth in the exchange between Elijah and Elisha. There's something very central there. Okay. The fact that something is hard does not mean it is impossible. Okay? The fact that something is hard, does not mean it is impossible. The fact that something is difficult, does not mean that that thing is outside of your reach. The fact that something, everybody is having difficulty getting that thing. The fact that people are not getting promotion. The fact that people are not getting what what they are seeking, does not mean that you cannot have it. Okay? The fact that when people come into this country, they are having difficulty settling down, does not mean you cannot settle down. The fact that people are not getting what they want does not mean you cannot get it. Okay, The fact that others don't have it does not mean you cannot have it. That is basically what Elijah is telling Elisha. You are asking a difficult thing, no question about it. But the fact that you don't have it does not mean, the fact that others can't have it does not mean you cannot have it. The fact that many people are having are having difficulty living the Christian life does not mean you cannot live the Christian life. The fact that people have the, the, people have the difficulty telling the truth does not mean you cannot tell the truth. The fact that people are living a promiscuous life does not mean you cannot live a life of purity. The fact that everybody is jumping off the cliff does not mean you should jump off the cliff. Because if you talk to a young people, they you say, Oh, all my friends are doing it. I say, Hey, is that so? All your friends are doing it. So if all your friends are jumping into the lagoon, you are going to jump into the lagoon also? If all your friends are drinking poison, are you going to drink the poison also? If all your friends are acting like they are behaving like crazy people, are you going to behave like crazy The fact that people are doing something doesn't mean you have to do it. The fact that people don't get something doesn't mean you cannot get it. It doesn't mean you don't have to live in the crowd. You don't have to follow the crowd. You can stand apart. You can distinguish yourself because that's what people pay for. The distinction between you and the others. Okay? Nobody pays for gum wrappers. I hope you know that. Nobody pays for gum wrapper. They pay for the gum inside. Yeah? Nobody pays for, you know, the common thing. They pay for the exceptional things. All right? So, let's go on. Now, this principle that, uh, that uh, Elisha, Elijah taught Elijah there, Elijah taught Elijah there, the same principle is what Jesus Christ taught his disciples. In John chapter 15, the same principle is expired The principle of abiding in the presence of the Almighty God.
0: Thank you for listening. Before we continue with today's message, here's a preview of next week.
1: So that when he came out, what you see is that you begin to see the glory of God upon his life. That he himself did not even know that the glory was there. It was the people that were touching him. The people that were encountering him. The people that were having dialogue with him. They began to say, something is different about this guy. This man is now glowing. Because the glory of the Almighty God is upon his life. The question that we asked is this. How then do you go? principle of abiding. In John chapter 15, reading from verse 1, that is what we read the other time. He said, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bear fruit, he pours it and it, he it that it may bring forth more fruits. Now ye are clean through the words which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abide in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. And for without me, you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my word abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Here it is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So, shall ye be my disciples indeed. Productivity in life is difficult. Okay? For people to be productive is difficult. It's easy for people, when you go to school, it's easy for the kids to hang out in the cafe, in the, wherever, the student center, hang out. It's easy for them to hang out. But bring them to the library. Look at Always look at the population. For those of us who are in school, look at the population. Look at the pop, uh, the, the, the student center and look at the library. Which one is more populated? I mean it's, it's very simple which one is more populated the student center is always more populated because it is easy to do nothing it's easy to do nothing but if you go to the library, that's where productivity takes me. It's difficult. So it is difficult to be productive in life. It is a hard thing to be effective and productive. But the Bible is saying that though a productive life is challenging and difficult, it is possible for you, it is possible for me, to, for, for us to be able to live a life that is productive in Christ. A life that bears fruit in Christ. That's basically what the Lord Jesus Christ is saying. And for you to be able to do that... Though the whole world may not be able to bear fruit that glorify God, if you abide in Christ, it is possible for you to also bear fruits. Okay. Therefore, in John chapter 15 that we just read, we notice three important things from what Jesus Christ told us in John chapter 1 through to verse number 15. The first thing is this. If you are going to survive as a Christian, if you are going to survive as a person, if your life is going to have any meaning or any impact, your fun, your survival in the Christian world is a function of your productivity. How productive you are is what will determine your survival. John chapter 15, reading from verse number 2. The Bible says, every branch in me that beareth not food, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he parts it, that it may bring forth much fruit. What does it mean to take away? Have you ever seen all those uh, people that uh, tra- that uh, take care of your lawn? If you look at the flowers and they are ready to hedge it, what happens? They begin to trim it. The dead one, they cut away. Okay? They cut it away. By the time they cut away, they gather everything, put it in the sun, and they are going to dispose it. They are going to bo- So your productivity, if you are not growing if your life is not adding value if your life is not improving the life of other people if your life is not touching the life of another person if your life is not making if, if, if virtue is not flowing out of your life so that you are blessing the people around you the Bible considers you to be less productive and the less productive you are the things in your life that makes you good will be taken away that's what they say. every branch in me that beareth no fruit is taken away if you are not productive in the house of God you are in danger of being cut off God is tired of bench warmers, he's tired of having the church filled with people who are not doing anything. Okay, so he's saying your survival is a function of your productivity. Your survival as a Christian is a function of your productivity. In other words, if you are a Christian, if you are a, if you if your Christian life is not producing any fruit, you are as good as dead. Look at Revelation chapter 3. If you think I'm a very hard person, just look at Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3, reading from verse number 14. The Bible tells us, and unto the angel of the church in Laodicea writes, Revelation three. We are reading from verse number fourteen. Unto the church, unto the angel of the church of Laodicea, of the Laodiceans. Sorry, writes these things said the Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works. That thou art neither cold nor hot. That means you are not productive, you are just lazy around. You are neither hot, neither, neither cold nor hot. I will that you were cold or hot. In other words, I want you to be totally against me or for me. I don't want you to be in the middle. I will that you are either cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm, because you are not productive, And because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will do what? I will spew you out of my mouth. In other words, I don't want to keep you around me anymore. You are just sapping my energy for nothing. You are just taking up real estate that is supposed to be making money. You are just taking it up. So if you are not productive in the house of God, you endanger your own life. Okay you endanger your life. The reason why you endanger your life is this. Here every Christian has what is called a bull uh, a bull's eye at the back of his uh, at the back of his uh, head. Okay? Because there are only two camps. The camp of God and the camp of the enemy. Okay? As soon as you translate as soon as you migrate from the camp of the enemy into the camp of God and call yourself a Christian, the people in the camp of the enemy are looking at you as their enemy. Okay? And they have a target on you. They want to kill you. The issue is this. If you come to the camp of the enemy and you are behaving like you are not in the camp of the enemy, what happens? You are a very easy target. Okay? You are a very easy target. And that is why it is a dangerous thing for a Christian who is not, you know, who calls himself a Christian but is not totally for God. Okay? It's a very dangerous thing because you open yourself up to unnecessary attack. It's either you are in or you are out. Okay? it's either you are serving God or you are not serving God it's either you are for Christ or you are for the devil you cannot walk on the edge you cannot walk on the edge if you walk on the edge you endanger your life okay you endanger your life so in verse number 16 so then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot I will spill you out of my mouth. God is not obligated to you if you are not productive God is not obligated to you if you are not productive Many of us who are working, many of us who have employment, okay. If you go to work and you sit down there and you don't do anything, is your supervisor um, obligated to promote you? No. Something must be wrong with that supervisor if he promotes you. Something must definitely be wrong with that supervisor. Is either been smoking too much of the things it's not supposed to be smoking? You know. The problem is that God is not obligated to God is not obligated to you if you are not productive. If all you do is take up space and you are not productive or adding value, you will be chopped. It's as simple as that. You are going to be chopped. Okay. If you think that what I'm saying is still harsh, if you think it's still harsh, open to the book of Matthew chapter twenty-five. Matthew twenty-five. Matthew twenty-five. We're reading from verse number twenty-five. Matthew twenty-five, verse twenty-five tells us. It tells us the story. Let me give you a background because it's a long verse. But let me give you a background. The background is this. There was a guy. The Bible tells us the, terrible, the parable of the talent. A, 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 a ruler was going on a long journey. He gave his servants talent. He, began, he gave some five. He gave them three. He gave some uh, two. He gave them one. He gave them all sorts of talent. The people who had more than one, they all took that talent and began to use it for something. The guy that got one, that guy said, okay, you only gave me one. So I'm going to bury it. Now we take the reading from verse number 25. I was afraid... And went and hid thy talent in the earth, and lo, there thou hast it. uh, 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 That's basically what is your. uh, I'm giving you back what you gave to me. That's basically what that verse is saying. In other words, this guy was not productive, he wasn't doing anything. Verse 26 His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant. Okay? Thou wicked and slothful servant. Thou knowest that I reap where I sow not. Gather where I have not sh- 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 shred Thou ought therefore to have put my money to the exchanger. And then at my coming I should have received my own with usury. In other words, you know that I like my money to produce. You know that I like to see results. If you know you cannot use that particular thing, the gift that I gave you to do something, give it to somebody else who will use it so that when I come back I will receive interest. At least I will receive a little bit of increase from what I have given it to you. I have given you money and you have kept it. It has not produced anything. It has to, I have to generate money. Money has to increase. My resources have to increase. But you have decided to keep it and you are not using it for anything. So in verse number 27, the master said to that servant, he said, Thou art, sorry, verse number 28, he said, Take therefore the talent from him. You would think that is not fair. Okay? Look at verse 28 again. Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him that has 10. In other words, you would think that we should be doing equal distribution here. After all, you gave that guy five, you gave him only one. Now you are taking the one that he has and you are giving it to the ten. That is not fair. And then you say, okay, uh, that's why the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. The poor get poorer because the poor is not doing what he's supposed to do. That's the only reason why the poor man gets poor. It's not because of the white man. Okay, It's not because of the white man. It's because you are not doing what you're supposed to do. The Bible says, take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which has ten talents verse number 29 for unto everyone that sh- uh, for unto everyone that has shall be given and he that uh, uh, and he shall have abundance but look at that next statement but from him that has not shall be taken away even that which he has in other words if god gives you a talent God gives you a particular gift. God blesses you with something. And you are not utilizing that thing. What happened? That thing that God has given to you will be taken away and given to the people who are using what God has given unto them. Okay? And that is why you see a person who is talented, a person who is smart, and who is engaged, and who is productive, you see them getting better. And the person who says, I don't have anything, I don't know how to sing, I don't know how to dance, I don't know how to talk, I don't know how to read the Bible, I don't know how to do that. They will continue to say that, and they are going backward and backward. How many of us have heard of the word atrophy? Okay? In other words, where you have muscles in your body that you don't use, what happened to those muscles? They die. Okay? They die. If you don't use the muscles in your body, that's why they encourage you to exercise. They encourage you to move around. So that the muscles in your body don't die. Okay? The same thing if you have gifts in your life you refuse to use. Those gifts will die. If you know how to write you refuse to write you will not be able to improve your knowledge your your skills of writing and what happened your writing skill will die you don't know how you know how to speak you refuse to speak before you know what's happening your speaking gift will die and that is what the bible is saying here from him that has shall be from him but, but from him that has not shall be taken away even that which he has so the Lord is saying that for your survival in the Christian journey, your survival in everyday life is a function of your productivity. If you are not being productive, if you are not exercising the thing that God is given unto you, if, the, if you are not taking time to improve the thing that God has put into your life, it is going to die. I pray that the gift of God in our life will not die in Jesus' Amen. name. The blessings that he has given unto us will continue to multiply in the name of Amen. Jesus. So that is the thing that the Lord is telling us there. Your survival as a Christian is a function of your productivity. In other words, your Christian life, if your Christian life is not producing any good thing, you are dead. Okay? The second thing is this, that we notice in in, John chapter 15. That second thing is this. Your productivity is a function of your connectivity. That sounds nice. But what it simply means is this. You cannot produce anything if you are not properly connected. Okay? And if you look at there, if you look at verse number four, John chapter 15, verse number four, the Bible says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abides in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. In other words, how many of us know that the branch of the tree is not where the action is happening? The branch of the tree is only there because it's receiving life from the roots, right? Biology 101, eh? If the the branch is cut off from the rest of the tree, what happens? That tree, that branch is gone. If this hand of mine thinks that it's so special, I pray that it doesn't think that, eh? but if it thinks it's so special, and it thinks it can survive, outside of this whole body, if you chop this thing off, all it takes is less than two minutes. It can never do any other thing. And that's what the Bible is telling us here. If you want to be productive, you have to be connected to the body of Christ. You have to be connected to Lord Jesus Christ. The spirit of God that gives life must flow into your body through the connection in Christ Jesus. If you are not connected, your productivity is zero because you don't have the power. You don't have the the, the, the life that flows from Christ does not flow into you. So that's why I say, verse number 4, Abide in me and I in you, as the brand cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. Since your survival as a Christian is a function of your productivity, how then do you become productive? You become productive by staying connected to the source of life.
0: Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. We invite you to join us for our monthly Fresh Encounter prayer conference every last Saturday of the month from 12 noon until 3 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church,